Hello and welcome to Bunta Vista episode 166. I'm Theo and I'm here at the scene of my child's gender reveal. I have to say, the air is electric. Here with me is Ben. And he's looking at the calculations he performed earlier and coming to the realisation that due to a runaway reaction involving lithium-7, this gender reveal will be 2.5 times more powerful than the expected 6 megatons. How are you, Ben? Still feeling good. Yep. You know, this is the sort of thing where uh, you want to have a little bit of pizzazz. Yeah. You you know, you've made a decision in your mind. Um, Gender reveals are not an exact science. They're not. And that's the thing. Got to go with your heart. If your heart says add more lithium seven uh, to the gender reveal, then you got to go with what your heart says. I think. You know, sometimes you accidentally start, you know, a hundred thousand hectare wildfire, and mm. uh, sometimes you create a new fault line. And that's kind of it's just part of the joy of it. I think that is the joy of it. Yeah. And we are uh, peering down our binoculars, and who do we see <laughs> downrange towards the gender reveal? <laughs> Standing on the deck of an abandoned boat, mopping and whistling to himself, moments before the gender reveal detonates, it's Andrew. Do 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 do. <laughs> Love mopping this floor. I wonder what Theo wanted me to stand out here and mop this boat for anyway. Oh, this is not part of it. <laughs> you should have been. You should have been miles away. Sirens me. are going. You've got your your headphones noise cancelling. <laughs> Have you considered climbing into a fridge? <laughs> There's only a bar fridge aboard this boat. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I reckon, I reckon you could get into a bar fridge if you take all the shelves out. Generally, the uh, the freezer portion of a bar fridge is just a little plastic partition. You could kick that out. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, as we as we learned from the Halifax episode, you can also just go into the brig. I think that's true. I would have loved more detail on uh, what happened to that man. Mm. Uh, yeah, and if you want to know what we're talking about, uh, listen to bonus episode, uh, The Theophiles 2, Chekhov's Gun Cotton Slash, uh, Prime, uh, Prepare, prepare to, to Receive, receive Your, your primate. primate. Yeah. Yes. And that's the shortest title we could think of. Yeah, it was no, we looked at every word, considered each, we looked and at found our darlings, them to be essential. And we could kill none of them. That's uh, <laughs> And it would be easy to refer to this episode if we had some sort of numbering system for the bonus episodes, but alas, we, uh, the technology yeah. just doesn't exist yet. Don't have it. No. Or and at it, least it did it when we started will. this podcast. I, um, I spent a solid five to ten minutes contemplating fixing that. Oh, then we thought about... It It makes no <laughs> sense. You just can't do it. We, I mean, you know, we, you know what the big problem is, right? Even if, even if you. you were to say, yeah, mm-hmm. and even if I were to go back and like manually rename hundreds of episodes, there's the small problem of the audio at the start of each episode in which we say the number. Okay, that's a problem. Say we rename the bonus episodes to the number of the main episode it was released in the same week as, and just a B after it. Yeah, I guess. But I don't want to go through and change 160-something Patreon posts. I don't want to do it. No, that's your right. Thank you so much. Hey, uh, speaking of massive fuck-ups... Huh? I just... <laughs> <laughs> you got three of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do want to say, someone got in touch, because um, we're leading into some moon news. Oh, for fuck's sake. All right, here we go. Someone, someone got in touch after episode 164, Jim's Moon Sailing, which mm-hmm. is named after a mispronunciation when we all forgot how to, how to say the word <laughs> selling. And it makes sense. You add, so we've got that going for us. You add ing to the end of the mm-hmm. word that you use, and that's it. It's that simple. Um, and someone can I, on hold Twitter, on, hold on. Um, can, I, yep, can, I just, can I just clarify? Um, mm-hmm. So this was a an episode with a great big fuck up on it. Yeah. And I wasn't on the episode. I would contest that this is a great big fuck up, but I'm gonna fair, I, I, explain what it was. Oh, but I but I wasn't there. No, that's correct. You were. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, and <laughs> I know that. Uh, okay, all right. So on on Twitter, someone got in touch and said, um, "So actually, we were we were talking about selling the moon, and this man was magnanimous enough to not sell you a piece of moon that is on the dark side of the moon." And someone got in touch with us and said, uh, "You massive shitheads, um, that the moon spins." 
sometimes that mm. part is dark. It's not just the same part that is bright the whole time. Well, I, I think everyone so, understands that dark side of the moon colloquially refers to the obverse side of the moon that is tidally locked with us. We always see the one face, the side on the other side, the far side of the moon, as you will. That's what wait, people are, you, are referring to. You talking about the handsome moon man? The back of the moon man's head <laughs> is essentially what we're talking about here. The moon man's <laughs> bald spot. That guy from uh, the fucking Lumiere voyage to the moon thing who gets the, the awful looking man who gets the rocket in his rocket eye. in the eye. Mm. And that would hurt. That would really hurt. That's where his yarmulke is. I believe in be Jewish for absolutely no reason. <laughs> the moon oh. man is circumcised. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, sorry on? that we, we just got that wrong because we're very stupid. Well, no, I refuse to say that this was an error. I think Are this we is all a- collectively. <laughs> God damn it. Two Bens and a Theo. Solidarity. To make a mistake. I don't know about any of that. But the moon. Uh, the moon. As we said, we were talking about it in that very long episode title. Uh, no, sorry, we were talking about a different episode. In episode 164, Four. in an episode with uh, Ben Jenkins. And we were talking about it because in the context of that awful man. Oh, God, what was that awful man's name? The Moon Man. Mr. Moon, uh, who sort of... the The very dubious legal circumstances under which he sells... The moon to people, which is not as insane as it sounds on face value. No, it is. It is exactly as insane as it sounds. He wrote to the UN and said, can I sell the moon? And he took their silence as an implicit yes. There's like 20 years of legal debate as to whether or not that was correct. Uh, So it is insane, but it's a different kind of insanity to what you would assume it would be. But we, we touched on a point that uh the the UN has never ratified the moon treaty which was <laughs> meant to <laughs> well, Come on. Great Andrew, no Andrew's just coming up to speed with this we spent we spent one whole hour <laughs> took a long time we're all uh, moon lore experts now so there was a kind of loophole in the sort of a possible loophole in the outer space treaty of 1960 or 79 one of those two uh that said sovereign nations can't exploit the moon, essentially, but it left a loophole as to whether private citizens or private companies can. Uh, They floated the idea of the moon treaty, which only like 18 countries, I think, so far have ratified because none of the big spacefaring nations absolutely, like, they, they do want to exploit the moon, essentially. They don't want that loophole to be closed up. Uh... And it turns out this is actually relatively timely. Uh, so this is this is a news article from writer Stephen Clark on the website Spaceflight Now or Spaceflight Now. I'm not really sure if he's demanding spaceflight immediately or if he's talking yeah. about current spaceflight. So space like an abbreviated, comma, yeah, abbreviated <laughs> chant. What do we want? Spaceflight. More spaceflight, etc. Etc. Yes. Uh, NASA challenges companies to mine lunar soil. Uh, And it goes as thus. NASA announced Thursday it plans to purchase lunar soil from a commercial company. An agency's top official said is intended to set a precedent for the transfer of ownership of extraterrestrial material and stimulate a market harvesting resources from bodies throughout the solar system. The initiative is starting small, but NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine said Thursday, (laughs) which I believe is short for Bride of Frankenstein. Yep. Uh, said Thursday it could lead to companies being able to mine lunar soil for water, ice, precious metals, and other resources. We are interested in buying some lunar soil commercially, Bridenstine said Thursday in a virtual presentation at the Secure World Foundation Space Sustainability Summit. So we want a commercial company to go to the moon, extract some lunar soil, and then NASA can take possession of it. We are buying regolith, but we're doing it really to demonstrate that can, that it can be done, that the resources extracted from the moon are in fact owned by the people who invest their sweat and their treasure and their equity into that effort. That so strange. Their Sending treasure. all my treasure to the moon. <laughs> my moon treasure. Please, take all of my doubloons so I must convert these into moon dust. Oh, uh, I don't like that. 
So what we said on the last episode was essentially that his case will never be legally tested because it's absurd. And what we've got here is NASA essentially trying to do that legal test. So they're not going to mine the moon because they can't. But what they're going to do is they're going to ask someone else to mine the moon for them and then buy the mined moon materials off them. Which is kind of... I feel like we've gone this long without mining the moon. Can't we just leave it for a little while longer? A little while longer. You just kind of go, well, look, I didn't... I haven't mined the moon yet. It's just... It seems bad. Like, it feels like we've not learned a lesson here, right? Like, we've kind of looked at what we've done to the planet. We've gone, like, this is a finite Mm. amount of resources that we will not be able to get back. And then we've gone, all right, well, as far as I understand it, the moon is 300 times as large as the Earth, so we could just take a little bit. We won't even notice. I just want to throw it out there. I don't even think there's anything good up there. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> What's... Bridenstine will make the same point later on yeah. in this. Uh, but, but Andrew, you're just saying we shouldn't mind the moon because it sucks. Which yeah, is... if, like, if, <laughs> if, if the moon was made out of gold, maybe. You sure. Know? Let's say the let's say the. But moon where else are you going to get regolith? But what about precious helium three, as explored in the movie Moon, about the moon? It's a pretty good movie. And also helium three is real. I didn't think that part of the movie was real until the episode we did. Uh, the article continues. NASA's effort to purchase lunar soil from a commercial company has its roots in a law passed by Congress and signed by President Obama in 2015. Bridenstine said, the law permits private entities to extract, own, and exploit water, minerals, and other materials harvested from the moon. How does the US get to legislate that? Um, it's kind of a real ask for forgiveness, not for permission thing. Mm, like, they don't own the moon, is my understanding. It's not theirs. Maybe they also asked the UN and never got anything back saying <laughs> oh, no. It's a perfect strategy. No, it's not your moon. Although, although, hold on, which country's got a flag up there? That's true. The 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 trick question and answer is none of them. You know, thank you, Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> he did a great job on that one. <laughs> uh, Bridenstine said NASA's aim to foster a commercial market for mining the moon complies with the Outer Space Treaty of 1967, an international agreement ratified by 110 countries, including the United States, United Kingdom, China, and Russia. The Outer Space Treaty says outer space, including the moon and other celestial bodies, is not subject to national appropriation by claim of sovereignty, by means of use or occupation, or by any other means. I feel like uh, I feel like all of the countries getting together and having an outer space treaty is kind of like the Americans having like the World Series and only inviting American teams. You know? Are you suggesting that aliens should we have should been in on this moon? discussion? Y- yeah. Whatever weird slug beings live below the surface on Europa should 100% (laughs) have been there disgustedly squelching out their awful language uh, in the debates. Ideally, yes. Uh, Bridenstine said NASA believes in the Outer Space Treaty, but NASA wants to enable a normalization process to show that extraterrestrial resources can be mined and owned. We believe that we cannot appropriate the moon for national sovereignty, he said, and that is absolutely not what we intend to do. But but we can appropriate it for money. We do believe that we can extract and utilize the resources from the moon, just like we can extract and utilize tuna from the ocean, Bridenstine said. All those fish love being extracted and utilized. (laughs) We don't own the ocean, but if you apply your hard work and labor and your investment to extracting tuna from the ocean, you can own the tuna from the ocean, (laughs) and that becomes a very valuable resource (laughs) for humanity. This is not a good this analogy. Is a strange man <laughs> he is making one of the strange points. Sharpest legal minds in the world. This is. <laughs> I love this comparison so much. If you put your treasure into extracting tuna, you own that tuna. Also, I like the fact that they looked at the Outer Space Treaty and gone, you know what the problem with this is? Is just nation states. That's the that's the real problem. But what if we just made like Uber? What if we did by destroying the uniface? Yeah, I mean like. <sighs> and and again, as far as like metaphors go, is is people's big issue that they're sort of looking at Earth and going, you know, the problem with the oceans is that we haven't done enough commercial fishing. Yeah. <laughs> 
commercial Everyone fishing. loves you know, yeah. overfishing. You know how everything's going so well for the ocean right now? <laughs> oh, God. Well, the the think about, is, like, finding microplastics at, like, the deepest parts of the Mariana <sighs> Trench. Yep. And you don't... Great but you shouldn't be thinking out of that because once once the tuna is out of the ocean, it's no longer part of that ecosystem and it has become, you know, a valuable resource. <laughs> they've towed the tuna out of the environment. Yeah. They've just, they've just extracted tuna from the environment. The environment now exists in a completely separate state. The tuna, as far as the environment is concerned, has just vanished, could have been abducted by aliens. Uh, and now somebody gets to profit off the, the rich resource known as tuna. <laughs> he makes it sound like there's a lot of uses it's, for it, you it's, know? It's like if you're playing like uh, Civilization or whatever and you've got your gold, your food, and then just a tuna stack. <laughs> yep. yeah. There's been a lot of uh, historical research that shows that civilizations that had early access to tuna actually did very, very well throughout history. Yeah. I've acquired I've acquired two thousand units of tuna ore. Goes Stone Age, <laughs> Bronze Age, yep. Iron Age, Tuna Age. Is that the exact order of the uh, ages you get in Age of Empires? One. Uh, all right. Look, let's not go into how much of my history it's from. Age of Empires one. Uh, as far as I know, uh, at I some assume point, that's correct. I don't... Thirty minutes into history, uh, a large group of convertibles that launched rockets mm-hmm. spawned all at once uh, and, and destroyed all the cities on earth oh, i'm pretty sure i've still got all those cheats memorized pepperoni pizza for food i'm pretty sure i can type that faster than any other word now <laughs> uh and so the question is is it possible to have property rights for extracted resources without appropriating the moon or other celestial bodies for national sovereignty and i believe that the answer is overwhelmingly yes stop uh, appropriating the moon President Trump signed an executive order in April outlining a policy that the United States does not view space as a, quote, global commons. The order reinforced the 2015 law signed by President Obama that giving U.S. citizens and companies the right to mine and exploit resources uh, harvested from other bodies in space. I think he might have put a typo in that sentence, but that's fine. He wrote the entire article. Uh The policy runs counter to the 1979 Moon Treaty, which states that the Moon and its natural resources are the, quote, common heritage of mankind. The Moon Treaty adds that an international framework is needed to govern the exploitation of lunar resources. Resources? (laughs) Resources. Uh, When such exploitation is about to become feasible. But, not a big but here, (laughs) but only 18 nations are parties to the 1979 Moon Treaty which has not been signed or ratified by the United States, China, or Russia. Bridenstine said Friday that NASA wants to ensure that there is a strong legal framework grounded in international law that allows individuals and companies to pursue private interests on the moon. What we're trying to do is make sure that there is a norm of behavior that says that the resources can be extracted and that we're doing it in a way that is in compliance with the Outer Space Treaty, and we're doing it in a way that people cannot interfere with your effort to extract those resources. So... Theo, as I'm sure you'll recall, one of the legal arguments as to why what uh, Mr. Moon was doing was illegal was that <laughs> you essentially can't have a private citizen operating on that scale without the endorsement or protection of a sovereign state, right? If it was ever going to be enforced, you would need to sort of have, you know, some sort of patron state above you governing this uh and that the the particular space lawyer that we were quoting from was saying that this is tantamount tantamount to an endorsement by that country so Mm. which is i don't know if this is something that they're going to run up against here because it's essentially them saying you are doing this on behalf of nasa which is a government agency of the u.s which just really seems like the activity of a sovereign state Hmm. Pretty fucked. But will we get like a, a new kind of mobile phone screen from the stuff we mine from the moon? We know? might. It might turn out that Briefly. moon dust makes the kind of phone screen that doesn't crack when you drop it. Hmm. And if that's the case, blow it up. Blow up the moon. Blow up the goddamn moon. We know uh, a pro blowing up the moon podcast. There, here's a, just another tidbit from this article. Uh, they are paying... So this is like a competition they're running, right? They're putting it open for tender or some shit. Uh, but they are going to pay whatever private company brings them there between 50 and 500 grams of lunar soil. 
they're going to pay them between fifteen thousand and twenty five thousand dollars. Now, uh-huh. consider the cost of going to the moon and back with moon rocks uh, would probably cost like a little bit more than twenty five grand. Like even if you like didn't even bring in flight snacks. Imagine how much checked luggage coming back from the moon is going to cost. Oh, it'll be a nightmare. And God forbid they weigh your carry-on suitcase full of moon rocks. (laughs) (laughs) So, you're visibly struggling, despite the lower gravity here. Can you bring that over to the scale? Have you got moon rocks in there? No, no, no. no. I don't know where I get those from. Uh, So, this this appears to be a quite deliberate move on their part, uh, because they're stressing that they're not paying for someone to go to the moon. They're not paying for the expense of the trip of getting to the moon, or getting the infrastructure needed to do that, they are only paying for the moon rocks. Because if they paid for the trip itself, that is kind of tantamount to them doing the trip, which is completely the opposite of what they are trying to make happen. It just seems very dubious to me. I'm a... I don't know if this is controversial, but I'm a relatively pro-NASA person. I like NASA. This seems very sinister to me. I don't like it. You love their podcast. I do love their podcast. You've got to listen to it. Uh, Houston, we have a podcast. Check it out. God damn it. That'd be a terrible name if anyone else had it, I think. It is a terrible name, even though they have it. Mm. It's very bad. They went to the moon, though. So, you know how, like, none of us, I think, they stress test, like, every single thing they do a million billion times and they couldn't spend more than 60 seconds thinking of a podcast name. I'm absolutely infuriated by it. <laughs> oh, I reckon that went through a bunch of rounds of approvals. I mean, what could have been worse than that? I honestly can't. Diarrhea on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was the, the podcast. <laughs> that was the runner-up. <laughs> went to the moon and I only took a single pair of underwear. I was looking at a spacesuit recently and like uh, just examining the the like the zip out crotch. Okay. <laughs> just thinking, just picturing it. You know. Can I? Can I ask what what you were doing? Like, what was the setting in which you were doing this? Uh, it was one of those like um, I think it might have been one of those like Twitter accounts that posts like a uh, retro retro Soviet stuff. Oh yeah. And so they had like some of the some of the space uniforms. And, um, you know, I was like, huh, I guess it would be hard to get out of the entire spacesuit just to get into what I assume is a, is exactly the same kind of toilet they have on a plane. Uh, you get in, close <laughs> oh God, the folding door behind you. It's so much worse. It's a pipe. It's a pipe with a funnel <laughs> on the end. Oh, no. And, you, just, and like- you, un- you unzip your crotch and you just, you just connect that up. <laughs> Essentially, it's got a little docking mechanism. Yeah, yeah. The fucking Blue Danube waltz starts playing as you're like targeting it towards <laughs> your crotch hole. It's really beautiful, actually. It's like a ballet. Oh boy. So that's what that's what I was imagining as I looked at it. Yes. If you have any additional details about uh, how one goes to the toilet in space, lay them on me. I mean, I, I think they're all. I can't vouch for the shitting situation. They're pissing into those magical blue crystals. Uh, that just absorb all your piss, though. Oh, like the cat litter. Yeah, like cat litter. <laughs> no, magical blue crystals. You've never seen the magical blue crystal cat litter, in that case. I have never been in charge of the toilet activities of a cat before. Yeah. Not even temporarily. We can, I wish I we wasn't. We put you in charge of Gnome for an hour or two tomorrow. Mm. I, no, that's, that's probably fine. I don't think you want that. What's cool about Couscous is that she um, <laughs> she takes a shit in her litter and then she like she goes through the motions of covering it up. But what that actually involves is like just kicking all of the litter yeah, out of 100%. the litter box, like yeah. a- across the room and out into the hallway. And yep. stuff. Um, Gnome will do that, and then she'll like put one paw on like the wall and scratch the wall as if that's doing anything scratch the floor around it step out of the litter tray look back and go job well done and Mm. walk off today she just took a piss in the middle of the yard that's pretty cool yeah i was just standing there and i'm like hey gnome what's up and then she just jets one out it's very strange behavior 
Uh, Quiscus is other. If anyone cool knows move. what's wrong with my cat, <laughs> please write in. Quiscus also like I assume this happens with gnome as well, but like the cats clearly have a threshold on the litter, at which point it becomes too dirty. Oh, hundred percent. And they're not yeah, into and it then anymore. Yeah, and they'll kind of just piss on the floor as yeah, a as kind of a, a little protest. Know, look at what you made me do. Yeah, um, or in Couscous's case, she'll do some like acrobatics where she just perches on the very, very edge of the of the litter tray, and then like pisses down the side of it and onto the wall mm. behind. Gets it, it all in the plastic of it and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty yep. cool. Uh, My one-year-old dog, he just like goes out to the backyard and just uh, it just like pisses in a nice secluded spot, and he does that every time. Yeah, I guess that's fine. It doesn't do anything weird. Just kind of just does it very competently and quietly. Doesn't make it my problem. Yeah, but I bet uh, you have to take him for walks. That is true. I do have to spend time with a dog that I love very much. It's a huge yeah. problem. Fucking owned. It's actually terrifying walking him. Honestly, if he changes his <laughs> mind about anything, he will fucking pull my arm off. He pulled George like a full 50 feet down the street the other day and I was just watching me like, oh, that could go bad, but laughing my ass off at the same time. I cannot believe your dog is turning into Marmaduke. He you really have a is. fucking Marmaduke ass dog. I 100% do. I'm pretty sure he and George weigh the exact same amount. It's fucking <laughs> terrifying. Oh, no. At least he's nice. We're house sitting at the moment uh, with some friends that also have two big dogs that are like slightly smaller than Louie, but the three of them love to G each other up, but they're also both very, well, all three of them are very needy dogs. So you'll just be like, walking around and they'll all be like great i'll just keep a little part of me in contact with your legs and all three of them are doing it so you've got like a little swamp of dogs just sort of lurking around you anytime you want to move anywhere and they're all jostling you it's a lot the big boys i love a big boy dog my goodness is that a cue is that a cue for a nature corner do you think have we got a nature corner for this week i mean the, the moon the moon is technically in nature I mean, I definitely told you to have a look at the notes in advance about four hours ago, but yes, there's there's an edge corner in the notes there. Yeah, but you also told me not to read part of the notes, so mm. you know, that's true. Who wins? Well, should we? Should the we listener. Do, should we do the part that I'm not meant to read first, and then it can be? Yeah, out of let's the way. do that one. I first, can go sure. back to looking at the notes. Uh, I've I've been informed that it's time for a classic update in the series we like to call Scam Watch. <laughs> Where we watch out for scams. <laughs> <laughs> you can record that and put that in the theme. That's where we watch out for scams. <laughs> it's the special version of that sting just for scam watch. Oh. So, uh, because, because I don't know about this story, Theo is going to have to lay it upon me. Alrighty. Uh, now, we've got this, uh, so it's scam watch uh, subtitle. you got to hand it to her. And again, I, I'd like to stress, these mm-hmm. these little notes are just for you guys. You, you don't need to read those out loud. They're all not good. I just, I just oh. read what I see. First okay. he wants us to look at the notes, and then oh, all of a sudden he wants us <laughs> to ignore parts of them. I feel um, like I'm being punished. Right. From the BBC, woman who sawed off own hand found guilty of fraud. Uh-huh. And that sort of sounds like a, a colon or something, but it's just a se- sequence of words written <laughs> down from the BBC. <laughs> Uh, a Slovenian woman has been found guilty of deliberately sawing off her hand as part of an insurance scam. <laughs> a court in the capital Ljubljana found that Julia Adlisic, I'm going to go, 22, has taken out five insurance policies in the year before her injury. Uh, she claimed it happened as she cut branches. Now I'm going to just take a quick break there uh, and just talk um, briefly about my dad, who is the most injured man on earth. Um, I've seen him injure himself about 400 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, not uh, probably, probably a good five years ago, he was doing something quite similar uh, and using an electric chainsaw to cut down like shrubs along the side of his, of his property. And it kind of like went through and hit the fence behind it. This um, like chain link fence <laughs> ran up the fence. It kind of went up, came back 180 degrees, and it landed in his arm. And it went just, like, neatly between, like, the, the tissue of his arm. Oh, no. And it was fine. He got, like, I don't know, 40 stitches or something like that. Oh. Uh, but to get a, a message from my dad to be like, hey, I just chainsawed my arm, to me, that is the least surprising message to get from my dad. Um, when... 
I remember he he once was like frying chips and he bumped the the pan and the whole thing just flipped upside down onto both of his hands and so he had to like drive to the hospital uh hands decomposing as as he steers there uh and i was just along for the ride because i was a child uh anyway cool um just as a side note, they don't mention this in the story, I don't think, but the lead image on uh, this story on the BBC website is of a circular saw. Okay. Which to hmm. me is not well. There's your problem. Yeah, I wouldn't cut. Uh, I wouldn't cut branches with a circular saw. Personally, I'm not going to do that. What do you like? Do you manually hold the guard back? I'm not really sure how you would even go about doing that. You can, but it's not a great idea. No, mm. terrible idea. I've done some like that. very silly things. But, um... I fucking bet you have. <laughs> uh, so she stood to gain more than one million pounds. Is that Euro? right? No, one million euro, which is nine hundred thousand pounds, or one point one six million. I think that's US, US dollars. dollars. All yeah. right, so we've I given see, you everything except for the for the native <laughs> Australian dollars. Uh, she now faces two years in prison. While her boyfriend has been given a three-year sentence, which I'm mm. unsure of that one. Yeah. Um, so the court found that she and her boyfriend had intentionally left the severed hand behind rather than bringing with them to ensure the disability was permanent. However, re- oh. authorities recovered it in time to sew it back on. Isn't so that were they, fucking amazing? Were they disappointed then to be like, oh, no, my head is... Oh, uh, they got me. Uh, it's like trying to retract the stump away from the doctors. <laughs> that are like, no, just let me put it back no. on. Like, what's the like, situation here? They've gone to the hospital and yeah. they've been like, ah, oh, well, we forgot the hand. We forgot the hand. And then some ambulance all- drivers have just like floored it back to the house, found the hand, brought it in a nice box. It's mind-boggling. Sewn it back on. And then they've gone, look, we've got great news for you. We've managed to reattach your hand. It's all fine. And they're just like visibly Fuck. crestfallen. Like, yeah. Oh. yeah, thanks. It's finally good to deliver Fucking- some objectively good news. <laughs> we put your hand back on. They're just like, oh, God, no. It's a, mo- a modern miracle of medicine. Just imagining them as they bring the hand in. Uh, doing, like, dude, I've got, I've got a thing going. Like, I'd left it. If I wanted the hand, I would have bought the hand. With <laughs> it would have brought. The just like hand. looking at the paramedic, just be like, "Come on, be cool, man." <laughs> God, slip you your slip hand, your twenty if you are uh, if you lose that somewhere. <laughs> oh man, you can even keep it. So so like, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just trying to understand the mechanics here. So. Uh, do do we actually say what kind of uh, saw or anything, or you're just saying there was a photo of a circular saw? Just just a suggestion. I mean, I'm I'm assuming. Uh, I don't know. Either the person that works at the BBC that because this is a uh, I no sorry I, I don't think this is a newswire. I think this is a BBC story. So maybe they had first hand knowledge of what happened, uh, or it is someone that doesn't really know how saws work and they just googled saw. And put a picture of a circular saw up. But the store itself does not furnish us with more details. Well, if it's a fancy enough store, it'll stop as soon as it starts chopping through. Oh, you. man, I just do not trust those at all. And I know that they work. I've watched a million videos of them mm. working, but that just that's where my, like, you know, your fucking Arthur C. Clarke, any sufficiently advanced yep. technology bullshit, that's my line. This exact piece of technology is where I'm like, nope, no, that can't exist. I think I would know if that could exist, and that can't exist. Just like you were saying, Theo, if you if you have had a chainsaw accidentally get stuck in you, and that's something that is actually made for cutting branches off trees and that sort of thing. Um, like, I feel like you would have to kind of stay pretty still to get your whole hand off. You know, oh, like clean yeah. off. I don't. I don't like the thought of this process. No. And and the did it come is, off? And then they're like, "Wow, this fucking sucks." Oh, <laughs> oh God! Get in the car and don't put the <laughs> now, hand in. Now I know we both agreed to this beforehand, but now that the hand is off, uh, really starting to regret it. Really wish that that was still on my arm. Well, not so, enjoying it being off. 
So let's just do a quick ranking of um, best ways to have your hand cut off. Okay. Number one, <laughs> with a bullet, bandsaw, right? No. No. What no. A, okay. Uh, definitely like just a, a high-grade uh, drop saw. 100%. No, no. Band, bandsaw all the way because like that's that's what they use for like cutting steers in half. That's what they use for like... Yeah, but they're slow. Have you seen someone put a bit of meat through a bandsaw? You gotta like slowly feed it through. That's I you're watching your wrist come off. If you're doing it with a drop saw, you're just going shwumpf, bam, done. I don't know, I think a drop saw is gonna get pretty ugly. It's gonna it, cauterize it a little, be... I think, as well. <laughs> but can it we, will still can be we all faster. agree that the worst would be uh, getting it caught in a lathe? <laughs> I saw my dad's fingers after he put them oh, through a lathe. No, mm. come on. A little Roman edge on the end of two of his fingers. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, very, very sorry for everybody listening to this. <laughs> Welcome to the blood episode. <laughs> oh. oh, okay, all right. So, sorry, there are more said, details here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the woman's boyfriend had also made internet searches about artificial hands in the days beforehand. Got <laughs> to use that. Got to use that uh, incognito mode on your duck duck. <laughs> you you got to. Um, so, prosecutor said this was proof that the injury was. Intentional it doesn't help. Uh, does not help. Doesn't doesn't look good. Uh, at least ex- boyfriend's father was also given a one year suspended sentence. Uh, not sure about that one. How did he get Throughout involved? The... Supplied the saw, maybe. Who knows? Good luck. Um, it's a so classic throughout... father and son uh, and de-handing saw. your girlfriend scheme. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard not to feel like they came up with the idea, and it was also their idea that neither of their hands should be cut off. Yeah, mm. no, it is a classic scam going from town to town, sawing your arm. Off. <laughs> <laughs> a great come scam on, come you can on. do twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I do feel like I do feel like a million dollars doesn't go as far as it used to in the world. No, you know? and so like a million bucks to just not have God. one of your hands forever. And yes, your boyfriend googles like Buster Bluth hook. But it's not the same, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, so she denied throughout the trial and intentionally cutting off her own hand. Had the fraudulent claim been successful, the couple would have received more than half a million euros as a lump sum. More like as a stump sum. Hmm? With the rest paid in monthly installments. Damn. I'm just having a look. And a, uh, a half a litre... Of domestic beer, 500 mils, so a little bit over a pint uh, in Slovenia will cost you two and a half euro. Ooh. So I think the cost of living is quite low in Slovenia comparatively, so maybe maybe it will go like a little bit far. Did you say a little bit far? A little bit far? Little Does bit that far. make sense? <laughs> uh, so, so who wants to hear my scam rating on this one? <laughs> Your patented scam rating. Patented scam rating. Um, I should I should come up with some kind of like a little system for mapping the various factors of a scam because yeah. in oh, this like one, one of those five point axis graph things. Yeah, yeah, and then we can kind of kind of gauge where it's going in different directions because in this case we can say um, high ratings for the target of the scam, which yeah. is an insurance company. That's fine. That's that's exactly fine. Yeah, yeah that, that's okay. right. Right. If anybody's going to be um, the victim of having some money taken off them, yeah, uh, ins- that was our problem the other week. We swayed too close to scamming pensioners. I think. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, like the scamming pensioners, and particularly like ones who are scamming for like sadness reasons, not greed reasons. Uh, that kind of stuff. It's a bit of a bummer. Uh, I think for me the sweet spot is uh, scamming doofuses with more money than they know what to do with. Yeah, mm-hmm. because but if you're going to scam a, co- a company, that works as well. If if you're dumb enough to go in the newspaper and say, "I gave five hundred thousand dollars to somebody for a bunch of like Nigerian prince gold, and I never got it," hmm. uh, then hey, it's fine. Bonus points for Moxie. Bonus points for Moxie. Points for execution. Um. Big, big deduction in points for I guess like process, you know, for method. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I've had a trial run. Ideally, <laughs> ideally, what you want in a scam is for you to be leaving at the end with your big sack with a dollar sign painted on the side, mm-hmm. uh, blowing town, 
Yep. And carrying other, it with both hands. Yep. Yeah, when you when Over. you go to lift the the sack, you grunt your it. arm <laughs> stays connected to your hand <laughs> instead of just gripping and then pulling off. Yeah. Hefting it over your shoulder with two hands uh, before chuckling villainously, scampering off into the night, maybe hopping on a midnight train out of town. You know, that'd be ideal. Um, And then you want uh, the people who have been scammed to be like, hey, where'd that Theo guy go? And then um, they all realize that like their expensive diamond necklaces uh, are actually just like gummy bears, something like that. Something you haven't laid down a lot of money on. Ideally, you know, uh, that's great. Low investment for you, high reward. As opposed to say giving up one of your hands. That's you're leaving not, a lot of the table. You are. With, uh... You really are. Like <laughs> it. It does feel like even if you had have got the insurance company, you're kind of making more of a sacrifice than they are for this one. You're taking you, a bigger hit, I think. Ideally, if you're gonna flip off the insurance companies, you want to do it with two hands. You want to do it with two hands. Are you tired of paying nothing for the same old superior quality free episodes of the Bunta Vista podcast? Do you want less politics and more content about diarrhea or animals gone wild? Are you tired of skipping through those hours upon hours of paid product placement for Mark Wahlberg film Shooter? Well, boy, do I have the offer of a lifetime for you. That's right, for just five US dollars a month, you too can be a premium VIP member of the Bunta Vista Patreon. That's right, just five US dollars for all of our bonus episodes. That's over 300 hours of content from the hosts you know and definitely tolerate. I'll even throw in access to our glamorous and exclusive Discord server, where bizarre arguments only happen once or twice a week at most. Head to patreon.com slash buntavista. Sign up in the next five minutes and I won't know because that's not my job, but you'll be enjoying the sweet satisfaction of supporting us, and we will love you romantically for it. That's my promise to you. So that's a nightmare. But should we move on to a miracle? <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? I'm asking the, the audience. Don't I let you answer. Do we have a Do we have a miracle music? I mean, you can just probably the, just use the, the nature, nature corner one. Nature corner, yep. Oh, okay, well, I, I clearly didn't know what we were leading into. It was <laughs> a beautiful just, in, just in order segue, of, of the notes, the yeah. notes that were, yeah. It uh, made sense because it applied to what stuff, we're about to talk so, about. Yeah, and it was also yeah. just oh below God. what we were looking at. So. Like, I mean, I'm looking. Yeah, I mean, you read the thing I wasn't supposed to read and then I haven't started reading them since then. And this is the sort of professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck, my headphones fell off. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is happening today? From the Associated Press, and Ben has said here, sorry about this headline. Again, those notes are for us. So strangely, strangely sorry about other people's headlines. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say, Theo. He's apologizing for someone else's headline. Not apologetic about his own. Okay. <laughs> the headline from the AP. Uh, just, it's easier to tear down others than just to build up. But... That's so true. <clears throat> Defend new, this headline. A new squeeze? Snake mystery after lone elderly python lays clutch of eggs. Not really. Oh, okay. Pythons because they squeeze. They're, they're constricting okay. snakes. Oh, yeah. Damn. All right. Damn, that's good. Do they squeeze each other, or just that it's a python? I think it's just that it's a python. Just that. Mm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. No wonder the AP are going under. Am I right? Uh, wrong one. AAP is going under. Fuck. Fuck. Experts at a U.S. zoo are trying to figure out how a 62-year-old ball python laid seven eggs despite not being near a male python for at least two decades. That's a while. It's <laughs> a long time. Uh, three of the eggs from the snake in St. Louis Zoo remain in an incubator. Two were used for genetic sampling, and snakes in the other two eggs did not survive. Hmm. Uh, well, you should have just sampled the ones that didn't survive. Instead of wrecking the other ones. Uh, the eggs were laid on 23rd of July and should hatch in about a month. Mark Wanner, manager of herpetology at the Zoo of Missouri, said it was unusual, though not rare, for ball pythons to reproduce asexually. Interesting. 
The snakes also sometimes store sperm for delayed fertilization. Mm. Just keeping, mm-hmm. keeping a bit of snake cum in the <laughs> in a the bit of snake cum in the tank. Just <laughs> popping, popping a bit of snake cum into my pocket, my snake pocket for a rainy day. You know how they have pockets. Uh, you know how the you know how the snake cum tank. It's always like it's always showing empty. The lights on, but there's always a little bit of snake cum left in the tank. They say you've got seventy kilometers worth of snake, <laughs> snake cum in there, but it's about a hundred. Oh boy! Uh, the genetics sampling will show whether the eggs were reproduced sexually or asexually, called facultative parthenogenesis. No, I can't believe parthenogenesis was the one that you fucked up out of yeah. those two words. No, I was, well, I was trying to, trying to read it all at once, you know? <laughs> the only other ball python in the zoo's herpetarium is a male aged about 31. The snakes are not on public view. These snakes are not for your eyes. <laughs> for zoologists' eyes only. Yeah. These fucking <laughs> private snakes. Private what is this? <laughs> These are the zoo's secret snakes. <laughs> It's only for their uh, Patreon subscribers get to see the snakes. There's uh, there's the snakes out the front of the house that like the kids that come to the zoo can look at. But then if you if you want to see these snakes, you gotta like go down into a basement through a beaded curtain. There's like a creepy guy being like, "Hey, um, you want to see the good ones? You see some ID. Go into a little booth. Put your money in." Uh, then the little panel of glass magically becomes unfrosted. How do they do that? Anybody? Oh, I, something to do with electric current? Theo. Theo, I, when you've been in hmm. the jack-off booth, yeah. did you discern how the glass <laughs> it's just, worked? It's not something I'm familiar with. All right. Uh, no. I think it must be like LEDs or something, right? LCDs. Have you seen those things? Kind of thing. the, the kind of glass where you can frost and unfrost it? Yeah, they've doing... got them on the, on the 787s now, right? Well, that's that's what I'm talking about, except... Okay. Uh, except the, the Except glass, there's, a, the there's a nude a, lady behind the it's glass. It's a smaller panel and it's between you and a secret snake. The female snake, known only as 361003. Why'd they label it like a cryptid? Just give it a name. <laughs> give it a name. It's Sarah. not a fucking SCP or whatever. <laughs> uh, she laid a clutch of eggs in 1990. That might have been conceived with the male because at the time the snakes were put in buckets together while their cages were cleaned. Yeah. You remember when you were young and like it didn't really matter whether you liked the person or not. Just if you were put in a bucket with them, you'd probably end up having sex with them. Mm -hmm. Sort of adolescent horniness. Just be be careful that they might keep your cum for 20 years in a little (laughs) cum pouch. Possibly 30 years. How long can that cum stay alive for? Oh, 1990. Uh, I think... God. Yeah, that's a, that's a really long time. I don't think that's where the cum is from. Oh, you think the... I, I think it asexually reproduced. It's got reproduced. some sort of discrete cum. Oh. <laughs> so, I don't think there was any cum at all, is what I'm trying to say. This is a cumless situation. Hmm. Sans cum. Yeah. Uh, the birth is also unusual because ball pythons usually stop laying eggs long before they reach their 60s. How old is this fucking snake? 62, right. Uh, she'd definitely be the oldest snake we know of in history to lay eggs, Wana said. Uh, noting she is the oldest snake ever documented at a zoo. A private owner gave the female to the zoo in 1961. Jesus Christ. Sick of this snake. Old ass goddamn snake. Well, like, I also feel like if you've got a snake that is like predates the Vietnam War at your zoo, <laughs> like put it in an enclosure. Be like, have a little plaque that says, hey. This I zoo, have an incredibly old snake. This snake is like from the fucking 50s. This is a post-war snake. Like, yeah. Oh, I can't take that snake off your hands. It's got asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it's like a, a snake that gets a heritage listing kind of thing. <laughs> sure, yeah. You, you cannot can't substantially change the snake. the snake in any way. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot put a balcony on that snake. <laughs> no? <laughs> Uh, just as an aside, so I, I chucked this story in the um, in the Discord yesterday. Uh-huh. While, as I was saying to you earlier, Andrew, uh, I was doing acid with my lovely wife. Mm-hmm. And you immediately replying, "I fucked the snake," had me in 
just dying of laughter for I'm going to say about ten <laughs> yeah, minutes. No, it, it caught me unaware. <laughs> I could not think of anything else for a very long time. Uh. George was just looking after, over at me while I was having like fits. He's being like, "What is happening to you?" And I was like, "I couldn't even articulate it." No, just so, showing the phone. Someone has to fill up the snake's cum tank. Someone mm. has to. And I've just realised that SCP stands for snake cum tanks. <laughs> Except the P. Except right, for the P. Oh. Big problem there. <laughs> Big hey, problem. Two out of three. Hey, we'll work that out in post. <laughs> we okay. won't. So we do have another nature corner. Yeah, correctly. do you reckon you could play... I believe you have another version of the That's nature corner true, thing I there. That's true, I do. Here it is. <laughs> I believe that is the screeching baboon's oh, version. Forgot, forgot how primal that was. Every time. Where did you get that from? <laughs> Just a field recording. <laughs> was that you? <laughs> Field recording of a of a monkey coming straight for your eyes. <laughs> it's a horrifying noise. If you heard that in the jungle, my goodness. Or if you heard it in like the the Shoreditch Zoo or whatever, yeah. where they're tearing or in the, your house, <laughs> tearing the, the side <laughs> mirrors off your car. You know, yeah, most places that you could hear this <laughs> is bad. Yeah, are bad. Mm. So, uh, what do we got here, Ben? Oh, you want me to read this one? That's what that's what that means. Yeah. Sure. Uh, this is a press I'm pretty, release. I'm from pretty hungover. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I did a bunch of drugs yesterday. I should have a get out of jail free card, but that's okay. Uh, press release from Duke University in North Carolina. Baboon matriarchs enjoy less stress. You know the type: loud, <laughs> swaggering, mm-hmm. pushy. The alpha mm. male clearly runs the show. Guilty as charged. Uh, female alphas are often less conspicuous than their puffed-up male counterparts, but holding the top spot still has its perks. Wearing the crown means privileged access, like never having to wait your turn. And now, a study of female baboons points to another upside to being number one, less stress. In a Duke University-led study, researchers describe how, after 18 years of collecting fecal samples from 237 female baboons mm. in Amboseli National Park in well, Kenya... Well, if you love your job... Say so you never work yeah. a day in your life. <laughs> Eighteen years, two hundred and thirty-seven baboons. That's so much poop. It's just a lot. Just, just standing like you know, just a few meters behind, a few meters behind a baboon. Hey, do you oh, mind? Can I? Like, come on. Just, mind I if I just go home? It's a little poop. Heads up, coming through. Let me just. I'll get that for you. Oh, good lord. Uh, after 18 years, they found that the alpha females have significantly lower levels of glucocorticoids, uh-huh. hormones produced in response to stress. Baboon females are a very orderly group, with one reigning alpha who gets her way over everyone else, a second in command who dominates all but the alpha, and so on, down to the bottom ranked female who uh, gets pushed the, around by most everyone. The bottom bitch, right. <laughs> That's what they call her, the bottom. Uh, everyone else is a top dominance gives baboons a lot of advantages in life higher ranking females get preferential treatment in grooming bouts and first dibs at feeding time as a result their babies grow faster and are more likely to survive to adulthood considering all these perks the researchers say it came as no surprise that higher status means lower glucocorticoids they found that the larger a female's share of subordinates the lower her glucocorticoid levels but what puzzled the team was why the top-ranking females stood out so much from the rest. Their stress hormone levels were 8% lower than everyone else in their group. The findings were surprising because baboons aren't like some other species with clear-cut, quote, queens, said first author Emily Levy, a bio- biology PhD student in Susan Albert's lab at Duke. Top-ranking baboon females don't claim exclusive rights to reproduction, as in some other species. You don't usually look at an alpha female baboon and see a bully, Levy said. The researchers aren't sure what drives the disparity between leaders and non-leaders in baboon females, but suggested two possible explanations. It could be that alpha females experience less stress because they hold their position longer than other females, Levy said. 
a baboon matriarch rules in a society in which power is handed down from mother to daughter. Hmm. Which is wild to me. It's a dynasty, baby. Like Crusader kings, but for <laughs> primates. <laughs> I assume in Crusader Kings 3 you can make a baboon your, like, fucking viceroy or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I think so. They've got options for everything else. I saw a guy um, set up a, his game. It took him, like, 20 years. He had to change his his religion to be uh, ritual cannibals so that he could eventually kill and eat the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great game. All right. Uh, all but the top-ranking female eventually cede their spot to the daughters as they get older. But once ensconced in power, alphas have been known to rule for eight years or more. Take Pindua, an alpha female who ruled unchallenged until she died in 1989. Only then did her daughter assume the throne, recalls Alberts who has spent 30 years studying wild baboons as part of the Amboseli Baboon Research Project. She was definitely a grand dame. Very calm and non-reactive, but unambiguous about her power. That is very ominous to me. Diana Rigg kind of figure. (laughs) Uh, There's another reason why the alpha female may be different from the others on measures of stress hormones, Albert said. It's that there's no female above her to push her around. The alpha female only has herself to answer to, Albert said. She goes where she pleases. Nobody's going to mess with her. Previous so, research... So oh, we're, sorry, saying, uh, we're saying uh, the more baboons there are above you in the, in the, in the totem pole, uh, the more, more stress hormones you're going to experience? Yes, but... So you would say uh, more monkey, more problems? I wouldn't say that. No? I also wouldn't say that. Okay. Uh, and that is apparently only true for ladies. Uh, previous research by Alberts and colleagues at Princeton University found the opposite pattern for alpha male baboons. Top-ranked males have the highest levels of stress hormones. Ah, more, mo- more monkeys, more problems. <laughs> yes, that's true, Theo. Yeah. Presumably because instead of inheriting their status, as females do, males have to fight to stay on top. In male baboons, you can just watch the alpha for a day and say, wow, that individual is kicking everybody's butt, Levy said. For females, it's a little more nuanced. Beautiful. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I'm imagining that the crown is made out of, like, woven banana peels. (laughs) (laughs) It's so. I don't know what else they're going to make a crown out of. Uh, Poop. (laughs) That's the the two construction materials that they have at hand. Handing down my petrified dung <laughs> crown. This was your Ooh. great, 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 great grandfather's diarrhea. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Formed into a ring and left to set in the sun. It's <laughs> craftsmanship. They kept <laughs> when he was in, in the prison camp. He kept his diarrhea in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted you to have this. <laughs> Oh boy! I think we've got time very quickly for one more nature corner because this and is a very short story. And if you can play the seal-specific nature corner theme, or I'm, if you I'll want to play, play the first one again. I my feel like snipped. any episode that starts with anybody except for Andrew giving the intro tends to have some weird power imbalance that just leaves it going off the rail for approximately 60 minutes. It's absolute chaos. It's not the way things should work, but it is the way things work. Yeah. He will claim his spot at top of the monkey pile <laughs> next week. That's me, King Monkey. So what a... Uh, <laughs> Everything so, today is coming as a surprise to you. This is delightful. Uh, so here's a here's a headline that Ben wrote, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I have a feeling he's going to say is just for us. Uh, loose seal. Yeah, that was absolutely just for you guys. Okay, beautiful. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate that. I uh, did try and work a, a much longer headline. Uh, with something to do with a concealed seal in there, but I, I just couldn't make it work. So you, you got the, the half ass one. I'm sorry. Loose seal, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now, we did already have 
a snake mystery. But now we have a mystery seal, which has blocked a lane and then fleed Wellington Urban Motorway. <laughs> and this is the sort of stuff that makes mm-hmm. dramatic headline news in New Zealand. The adorable... Pretend country. Just a joke place where joke people live. Wonderful, innocent New Beautiful Zealand. Beautiful place. Mm. Their major news website is stuff.co.nz, <laughs> uh, which I believe is now actually owned by... Like it's self-owned by the staff. They bought it off the the previous oh, wow. owner. It's actually quite cool, I think. But oh, still, cool. very silly and embarrassing name. Stuff. Stuff. Stuff.co.nz. Hey, have you sort out your top out level stuff? domain? Do you like stuff? From stuff, uh, people who attempted to catch an errant mystery seal on Wellington Urban Motorway turned up to the scene to find nothing there. I'm assuming the seal uh, threw down a smoke bomb, Batman style. <laughs> Just ninja out of there. Yep. Uh, and when they say mystery seal, I am picturing a seal wearing like the the old timey bandit mask. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. It, you might notice there in the notes, I've bolded the word errant. Mm-hmm. Errant from what? Like, I. It, so the implication is that it has deviated from. Seal schedule. From the accepted standards of behavior that we expect from a from a seal in polite yeah, society. Which, that seems like a very sort of human centric thing to be like. Absolutely. Well, seals can't go on the road. I uh, don't think we can we can map our norms and our just just our like sensibilities onto the seal, which is nature's clown. You're absolutely right. They're the clouds of the sea mm-hmm. and occasionally the highway. Uh I don't think it was errant. I think we were errant in putting a highway in a place that a seal could go. Hmm. I think that's on us. That should have been considered. Mm. A police spokeswoman said about half a dozen motorists had phoned police about the animal's presence on the capital's 100 kilometer an hour motorway on Friday Mm. night. Imagine hitting a seal doing 100 kilometers an hour. That's got to be bad for your suspension. But I mean, what's a seal doing traveling that fast? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I quit (laughs) We like to have fun Police got a call at about 7.45pm The seal was blocking one lane As at 8pm the spokeswoman said Motorists had reported that they had seen the seal On the shoulder way of the motorway uh, Between Hut Road And the Altea Key off ramp Uh, The seal had not been hit Nor had any accident occurred The spokeswoman confirmed Officers are driven to the scene in an attempt to catch the seal, only to find no animal present. <laughs> it's a very dramatic <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> like they're telling a spooky story. <laughs> oh. uh, police were unsure if it had been spooked by traffic. No, I don't know what about <laughs> the fucking trucks going by at 100 kilometers an hour would bother a seal. Uh, or if it had left the scene itself. Like, what's... What is the alternative there, right? They're unsure if it left the scene itself. Um, seal rapture. <laughs> oh, if it maybe got the, seal the leftover. To- <laughs> well, <laughs> that's exactly right. It got seal leftover. But the main thing ascended is, like, they, they don't wear pants, so there's nothing. There's no indicator to be left behind. Oh, oh. there's no like neat and tidy pile of clothing. Yeah. Uh, or fillings, Langoliers style, for us to tell that the seal yeah. is gone. No glasses. Half-eaten tuna. <sighs> I just also, I guess maybe the implication is that someone was like, that's a nice seal. I'll have that. <laughs> just picked Waste it up, what not. put it in his car and driven off. Come on, you. You know, it's curbside pickup day and you go, <laughs> you go driving around in your ute. Do I need it? Ah, fuck it. I'll take it to the tip if I don't. And clo- closing out this article is the line, stuff was also unable to locate the animal. <laughs> How much diligence do you think stuff put into that? Like, did they send a reporter down to that spot to have a sticky beak for the seal? Hey, you want to see... I think that is exactly what has happened. Joke country. They are... Yeah, they they talked to the police who said, no, there's no seal because we're standing here and we're looking around. There isn't one. And then the person from staff also took a look around. Which is good. "Hmm." As we all know, uh, you should never take a police statement... Uh, at face value, definitely verify for yourself. Shame they didn't find that seal. I mean, no, it's not, because that would mean that the seal had stayed there like overnight. It's good they didn't find that seal, and I hope, I hope it's happy wherever it is. That seal is on the run. Loose seal. 
It's like band on the run, except it's a seal. And that's uh, a little song you can sing to yourself inside your own head. Lucille, you got some splaining to do. That's a nice current reference. Thanks for listening to Buena Vista. Um, check us out on Patreon. Uh, that's it. Bye. Patreon.com slash Buena Vista. Bye. 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 Bye.